0: Really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over and, and he head over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit to make this game. It didn't seem to work out.
1: So everybody, hello. Cheers, and welcome, welcome once again to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, results, great interviews, and so much more all about the world of rugby union. As always, I am David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan who follows the game wherever I can find it all over the globe. Today, however, is a bonus episode, and this time I'm incredibly excited to welcome Will Owen, a rugby internet icon, who I'm assured will, with my help, of course, fix the entirety of all things welsh rugby just an incredible guy um if you'd like to get in touch please do but i'm going to save the contact info for the end for the sake of brevity so diving right in mr owen and mr owen am i right uh, all right to call you will
0: yes of course you are of course you are it's my
1: name <laughs> i always start with that though just in case you know you, yeah uh, i feel uh, if you said no i feel like that would set a different tone for the the rest of the conversation <laughs>
0: i like to think you've got a backup set of notes for the more formal questions
1: <laughs> oh let me just switch to my jerk script here <laughs> uh so again welcome welcome thank you so much for joining the scrum of the earth today i very much appreciate your taking the time how are you today
0: yeah no all good thank you all good i'm very glad to be here of um yeah i've i've, I've looked forward to this since since you booked me so yes
1: Well, it's really generous of you to share your time with us. I really appreciate it. Now, uh, of course, on my end, I did very thorough research for this. So we should start with the obvious. Are you and Eleanor Tomlinson of the show Poldark still an item? You know, there there was a storm of coverage around you when you went into isolation together at your home in Coventry. Is that still going well with her?
0: Um, no, I, I'm afraid that instead, uh, I'm somebody who started playing, uh, playing rugby for Nottingham and Leicester Tigers. And, uh, I think like Wasps or something, I think maybe somewhere in the championship. I, I, that's, that's the Will Owen you're talking to.
1: <laughs> well, my producer just threw a rock at my head with a note tied to it. It says something to the extent of there is more than one Will Owen in the world. You idiot. I mean, is that, is that possible? Is he, is he right right now? There surely can't be two people with the same name. That seems That, that, can't that, would, work. that seems rude, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah so, exactly
0: I, so, I can get done for plagiarism for having this name.
1: so so let me get this straight you are not the will owen described by the tabloids as quote hunky and muscled and no uh, no, no that,
0: that is still me the rest of it the rest of it's not not true
1: so you don't have 12 under 20 caps for england at this stage is that right
0: uh no you see that's the guy i was trying to play off that i am but i can't even pretend that i was capped by england i can't even joke about that
1: well uh you know thanks for joining us today Uh, that that was great uh uh, to be honest i have nothing else to ask everything was going to be about miss tomlinson (laughs) (laughs) so but in all seriousness uh if you did have under 20 international caps they probably would not be for england is that right despite living in england now you in fact are welsh is that fair to say
0: Yes, it is. So I've, I've lived in England my whole life, but uh, that has only fueled the fire of me, my my passionate Welsh supporting, uh, because I come of Welsh parentage, Uh, my dad and my grandparents, um, all born in Wales and uh, raised me as a a big Welsh rugby fan. Uh, And yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way, even when Wales lose.
1: Which so uh, so you, you were you born in wales at least then uh and so w- where is your family from from in wales and to be fair i only know the name of like four places so it better be one of them
0: uh i was not born <laughs> in wales but uh, my family uh hail from somewhere called Ustrid Munnock, which is uh where the the dragons sort of train a lot of the time um oh, the, dra- was...
1: the dragons train nowadays is that right
0: yeah, yeah, every now and then the dragons do a training session, and it happens to be somewhere in the Ustred region. Oh. And yeah, my dad was born in merthyr and yeah, that's so. I, I spent a lot of time going to Ustred uh, particularly as a kid, and going to visit my grandparents there and stuff. And yeah, so it's a really, really nice place, and uh, they've got a nice, nice pitch up there where I used to kick a ball about quite
1: a lot with the family at Penaltar RFC. That's lovely. So I, I know you're friendly with Lee and Josh from the, the Blood and Mud podcast. So yes. One of the things Lee, Lee likes to do to rag on Americans is, is when he does his, uh, okay, now coming to you live from Wales, England. <laughs> <laughs> Never fails to crack me up. <laughs> so uh, you, you even mentioned uh, you, you're currently in Nottingham. Is that right? So yes. d- does that sheriff guy still live there? Or?
0: Yeah, yeah. Me, me and him on, uh, we've not spoken in quite a lot of years. You know, We went to school mm. together and then uh, since then we've kind of lost touch
1: so and you're you're currently affiliated with long Eaton rfc am i right that you play as well as coach there
0: yes correct so i play very badly for long Eaton second team mm. um uh, i train train when i can um during the six nations is bad but um but yeah no i also coach so i coach the under 14s and 15s down there hell of a team we've got together um yeah, no, it's, it's it's a good environment down there. It's a really really nice club. I've been there for best part of 10 years now, I think. Oh, um nice. yeah, and I, I love it down there. It's it's a real nice club. I'm actually sporting my my long-eaten oh, uh, yeah. shirt right now as we speak. I I wear my long-eaten stash basically everywhere I go.
1: I have to say it's a great kit. I, I No, thank you. Thank you. I, thank you. I, I, I see you.
0: You're your sporting a New England Free Jacks hoodie. Oh yes. Not? Yeah. Yep. So um, my brother supports New England Free Jacks, but I'm a San, San Diego Legion fan. Oh. Uh, it started off as a bit of a rivalry we between the two of us, but we've kind of reached a point where we've decided that each other's teams are our second team. So when the Free Jacks are playing <laughs> oh, the right, the right. okay. Legion, I will cheer for the Free Jacks. So okay. you're on an unbeaten run, so
1: you're doing well so far. It's true. We're currently the Leinster of MLR. <laughs> and yeah, the, yes. San Diego, they, they look really good this year. I think they might be back to where they were sort of at the beginning of the the early days of the league they they and yeah. seattle both actually look pretty good this year
0: yeah by which i mean you've got Mon we've got Mononu back which is <laughs> which is the big difference but yeah shame about the loss to seattle uh, at the end i thought we might have nicked it but you know good and, game, nonetheless.
1: and um the beast of course he was uh, mm. he, he signed for dc The year that everything went into lockdown, I, you know, I had my ticket lined up. I'm a season ticket holder. And that date was circled in my calendar when the beast was going to be coming to town and I could see him in person. Oh, man. Yeah. The the home opener was scheduled for March 14th, 2020. The state of Massachusetts went into lockdown on March 13th.
0: Oh, as if! Oh, that's crazy. It's there was a time um about five years ago. I've told this story on my own pod before, but um, there was a time when uh, Dan Carter was playing for Racing ninety two, um, and they had drawn an away quarter final against Leicester in the European Cup, and uh, it had to it had to not be played in Leicester Stadium for some reason, so they played it in Nottingham. So we kind of looked at it and went like, "Well, Dan Carter's coming to Nottingham. We have to go to that game." Oh so we gosh. went to exp- just just to see Dan Carter in the flesh, and it was worth it.
1: Oh, my gosh, that must have been amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, th- I think Sheriff Guy was in the crowd somewhere as well. Sure. Looking for Dan Carter.
1: He's got a lot of work on his hands, I understand. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned um, the, the, the people you coach are kids. Is that Can, can you talk about what that's like? Uh, are they able to keep you know a level of concentration, even with your enormous celebrity presence?
0: <laughs> I don't think they're actually aware of it. That uh, I don't think they're aware of my what was it? That the, the h- hunky uh, glorious yes. statue uh, uh, hunky and muscular, described it yeah yeah yeah. i don't think they're, they're quite familiar with that there's one or two of them that i think are give me a bit of stick for it but um like there's there's one lad that i coach in particular who since he was like nine and i've coached them for quite a long time since he was like nine he's been the guy i've looked at and gone like oh yeah he's a massive rugby nerd as well like uh he's he's where i was at his age you know nice um who was uh then like he, um, I've known him since before like Squidge was even a thing and any of that, so he's kind of witnessed it all happen and is the first one to give me stick for it. But yeah, there's I think I think the majority of them don't, aren't aware of the fact that I actually work in rugby full time, I keep it quiet, uh, on the majority of it. But I'll talk about Long Eaton, I'll talk, I'll talk them up publicly, but I won't talk privately about what I do elsewhere.
1: <laughs> So as I was scrolling through lots of pictures of Eleanor Tomlinson, I also came across something <laughs> from, it was only about a half a year ago, and that this was Long Eaton RFC making an official attempt at a world record. Um, can yes. you talk about that? The, the ad I saw mentioned that there would be a special guest appearance by a, a guy by the name of Eddie Jones. Did that in fact happen? And uh, did you see the weird, o- overly contemplative headshot he picked for the poster? He's sort of like touching his chin like he's thinking deeply about something, but it honestly looks like they just photoshopped somebody else's hand entirely.
0: Yeah, it is. It is an interesting shot that they, that they picked for that. I know exactly the one you mean. He did show up. Apparently, he just drove there himself. Oh. Uh, because, like, when when we uh, we all rocked up. So basically, the world record that you're referring to was uh, we set a world record, and we did we we managed to achieve the record uh, for the the biggest rugby training session in the world um and we got i think the, i think the official record stood at a thousand and thirty we managed to get there so we beat a club in japan who apparently the words already got back to them and they're already trying to beat that record ah. again um That's which great. would be a nice little ding on battle and see if we can get uh eddie jones and his whole england squad next time yeah. uh, to boost the numbers a bit more but yeah so um, there was a point on that day where every time a fancy car pulled up into the car park, everyone was looking at going, oh, is that Eddie? Is that Eddie? And it was like, we, we didn't manage to get hold of him. Like, um, he did show up, and I think everybody who was there other than me ended up meeting Eddie Jones because uh, I was busy playing like, playing a casual game of touch on the sidelines uh, with, with some mates um, and some of the lads I coached well. you, you well. were hoping
1: to get spotted by him. That's what you were doing,
0: obviously. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Because so, it's my dream to turn down an England call-up uh, <laughs> and say, no, actually, I'm Welsh. I can't, I can't do this.
1: I don't want to spoil my
0: eligibility, Eddie. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who knows what Wayne Pivak wants? <laughs> if if he wants if he wants a really average second team level scrum off then
1: he knows where to find one well i I think he's done a good job of finding those in general right these days but (laughs) that's very true it's very true so on top of being an incredibly niche superstar and apart from both playing and coaching this game i love you also do a bit of writing and video editing can you tell my listeners where they might find your work in its various forms right now
0: yeah so i write mainly for rugby pass and there's uh, what was formerly known as the 15 the xv rugby pass plus is now called uh so that's who i write for generally i've done a bit of some freelance work for other places like rugby journal and rugby world and stuff but i mainly write for rugby pass um i try to i try to uh, do analysis stuff but what people class as analysis these days clearly the bar is quite low hence me getting work Thank so God. yeah i also yeah I also um I do uh often the, uh, at the minute I'm doing the player ratings for Wales uh for each six nations game which is um a, a mixed uh, bag because you don't know if it's going to be a fun task or a completely painful one <laughs> um yeah in terms of the video stuff so I work for the the squid rugby YouTube channel which is uh run by my brother set up by him and it was all done by him for the first few years and then he didn't sleep for those said few years uh, and realized he needed a bit of help so since the 2019 world cup i've been doing bits of analysis for him for uh for internationals um and yeah this year i've taken on a lot of the video editing stuff so we've got an office in town where we're working work on those videos together to try and speed up the process and allow him to sleep a little bit more so yeah
1: uh, you know, I, I put in my notes here. Wayne Pivak was supposed to announce his squad this morning, and I left myself a note saying, "Make sure you go look at that list." And then I didn't. Have you, in fact, seen the uh, the the match day squad? Yes, morning? I have. I have.
0: Desperately um, trying to find it. Yeah. So Louis uh out. Uh, yeah. So the, that they mentioned call.
1: yesterday. That that was the only thing I had down here. Um, I was shocked to see him left off. Uh, but that might be the most sort of obvious pick, you know, Mm. what are some more surprising things for you? Um, so Somewhat surprising, but I
0: think correct is the back row they've gone with. I think Jack Morgan had a really good game against Scotland, but they've gone with Moriarty, Falatao and Basham back row, which I think is the correct back row to go with because mm-hmm. it's really physical. It's going to be tough out in Twickenham. Uh, Moriarty played quietly very well against Scotland. Uh, I think Jack Morgan, it's good to test him out and see what he's going to be like off the bench. So I'm a massive advocate for Ellis Jenkins and hopefully he'll come back later on the tournament. But I think for this game, particular game that's the correct back row to go with
1: so you mentioned lewis reese uh i don't know <laughs> i've told a few people this uh, so i was talking to a, a friend on the on like a rugby forum and it turned out he was a little more sensitive about language i had, had said something about god damn it at one point he was like you know i would prefer it if he didn't say that and i realized the perfect substitute is lewis reese it's, it's the perfect <laughs> little like it fits the cadence and everything um, but because he's such a special player on attack, does he kind of get a pass on defense a lot of times? Is that is that what kept him out of the squad this time? Do you think it was, uh, you know, missed tackles? I think it's an, it's, it's a point worth mentioning
0: because um, I, I think he generally is quite good on defense, but he did let in that Darcy Graham try against Scotland, which I'm not sure anyone could have, be could have
1: stopped it, but... Very he, true. Very true. Not.
0: <laughs> that was, yeah, an exceptional finish. But yeah, I think he's he's by no means a bad defender, but... Uh, I, and people have said things before about Cuthbert's defence. I think he's better now than he certainly used to be. But mm. I think that, that maybe is that maybe is an aspect of it. But I think generally, Zamit's been on less good form than he typically has been in the past couple of years. So I imagine that's basically what it is to send him away to, to get back into form and see how he goes in future.
1: Well, how many years do you think it's going to be before he finds himself in need of an actual shave? <laughs> I think it'll be a while. I think he's he's struggling in that department. But
0: I mean in fairness he is only 11 years old, isn't he? So. It's true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You've done a great job coaching him by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's uh, his years at Long
1: Eaton will never be forgotten. So I I did notice yesterday at least uh, Josh Adams of course is on the squad. He seems pretty locked on. Um what did you think about the Josh Adams playing center experiment? I think that's over now. He's back on the wing, is that right?
0: Yeah, thank God that's over. I
1: mean I um, I assume that's happened before. I can't think of any examples when that when that was the case
0: though. Uh he's played two games at center in professional rugby, which is quite alarming. And one of them being that that game against Ireland. Uh which it's just it really baffles me. And like I I was saying this before it happened, like if you've got one of the best wingers in the world, why would you play him in a different position other than the wing? It's so specialised and like what makes him a good winger is that he chases kicks well and he finishes tries on the wing really well and he defends the wing well. And it's just like none of those skills are transferable to the centre and he gave it his best shot, but bless him, it wasn't his day. It's not, it wasn't his position.
1: Well, I I did read that in an effort to rule out several of the England players who are going to be facing Wales this weekend, that Josh has actually been sending out invitations to gender reveal parties. Do you think that might work?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think that, I think that's a good shout. I think a um, lot I think a lot of the Exeter players will probably buy into that. I, think <laughs> yeah. I probably have that. I can see Jack Noel definitely getting distracted and heading off in that direction. Henry Slade, who knows? He's
1: a complete he, he's a wild card. He's standing there right now with, a, with some flowers or something, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for any listeners who didn't get that by the way just uh just search the terms josh adams and gender reveal it is incredibly dumb slash funny uh, <laughs> that, that was a classic one of all, of all the lockdown tales that, that one is up there so this weekend is going to be a big one in six nations it's probably going to be defining the narrative we take away uh, give me a couple of things that you're thinking about heading into this saturday it's going to be really exciting i'm going to be watching um i know i'm mostly joking around here but i do like to ask actual questions every now and then um <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking forward to most this weekend uh
0: what am i looking forward to most scotland i think that's what i'm looking forward to most hey, no, okay. um i mean uh wales england's always a game that i dread during the week especially when it's away in twickenham as it is this year uh so i i'm always pessimistic in the hope that i then can't be disappointed and somehow i still am yeah um, yeah Yeah, so to take that question seriously, I am looking forward to Scotland the most because I love watching them play at Murrayfield and I think they'll back themselves against France despite how round two went with France winning, Scotland losing. I think Scotland haven't become a bad team overnight and I can... Definitely see them pulling out, pulling out a big performance on Saturday.
1: Yeah, the uh, the guys on the on several Scottish podcasts actually always talk about how it's the hope that kills you. So every time I find myself starting to root for Scotland, I make sure I stop. It feels like it, yes. it's, it's like in quantum physics when you know observing the finish line somehow influences the actual outcome. I just don't want any of yeah. my hope anywhere near the match.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I'm very superstitious about that as well. Like, don't worry, you're not being weird. <laughs>
1: So one of the things I'm getting really good at is pulling out very carefully curated statistics that help me make whatever point I'm trying to currently make. <laughs> and and uh, if you take a look at the last six meetings between Wales and England, you'll see the two sides are equally split, Wales winning twice in, in 2019 and once in 2021, with England li- uh, winning twice at Twickenham and once. And I, it's that name, it's spelled Linelli, but it's, it's is it Clinethly? Is that how we actually say it? Yes, yes, hey, That's, that was a very
0: good pronunciation. Thereby. All right.
1: So if you weren't that carefully curating, you'd also see that England won the four prior to that streak. But do those numbers mean anything to you? Do they influence your predictions? Do they influence how you feel heading into it? Or is history just history? Uh,
0: no, Yeah, I think you're right. History is just history. Um, it's one of those things that no matter how well or badly either team is playing, form, it's a cliche, but form can go out the window for a Wales England match. I think mm. was, like there was 2019 when Wales won the Grand Slam. Uh, and they'd just had um, a performance in France where they were very lucky to win and then a performance out in Italy where like they were never going to lose it but they didn't look like like yep. world beaters and then the next was the most game head, was against that was England the most head
1: scratching of all Grand Slams I would say I think it, I yeah, feel like yeah. W- within six months people were like wait Wales did what are you sure l- yeah. l- l- let me check and yeah, that's I- it
0: because like Wales had learned to just win games. And that was the one thing they really, really knew how to do was just yep. win games, even if they weren't playing at their best, which is a sign of a good team. But yeah, so they had England, who were on form uh, playing at home in Cardiff. And I was thinking, oh, we haven't got a hope here, even though we've won two games on the trot. And lo and behold, Wales pulled out a brilliant performance and won. So it's one of those things that's really hard to predict sometimes.
1: So if they were playing this weekend in Cardiff, would your feeling be a lot different?
0: I reckon so, yeah. I reckon. um uh, I, I still don't probably wouldn't think that we'd win um, because that's, uh, again, I'm pessimistic about this every mm. time, but it always scares me when Wales and England are out warming up or on a Saturday or whatever. But uh, I think it would be slightly different. But naturally, I just always struggled. Both Twickenham and Dublin are the two places that I always just struggle to uh, enjoy Wales playing there.
1: Well, how do you feel about Wales in general right now? I feel like most people are a little bit down on them. Um, I I have to include myself in that club. I just, but then again, I was one of those people who's scratching his head when they won a Grand Slam going, oh, wait, so that maybe they're, it it always seems like their results are outperforming what I think they're going to be. Where do you think they're at right now?
0: I think, I think you, you, you're right in everything you say. I think a lot of people are very harsh on PIVAX Wales um, Mm. because, uh, you know, uh, that Scotland game two weeks ago was massive, I think, because the, there's been a lot of talk about the, the PIVAC style of play, of it being allegedly a bit more expansive, or whatever, Like, and some of that has come to fruition, but not all of it, but mm. uh, that Scotland game showed that uh, Wales can gr- still grind out a game against a really, really tough opposition, like a, an objectively better opposition as mm. Scotland are. Scotland, I would say, at the minute, are a better opposition than Wales are, but um yeah i think that that's given me a lot of hope that they'll be able to build back to the place where they were in 2019 uh where you know everybody loved it and it was it was always going to be difficult to uh get people's hopes back up again after Gatlin going when he's done such a good job for 11
1: years um yeah, Pivak so yeah almost, stepped into a job that's basically impossible to fill but i yeah. feel like i feel like he's kind of done it
0: yeah. And I think that he's he's clearly got his mind 100% set on the World Cup next year mm. uh, when it comes to mm. like he rotates the squad like mad. Um, like there's sometimes somebody could play well. Like, like what was just saying, with Jack Morgan, like uh, if that was Gatland, Jack Morgan would have had that game and Gatland would have gone. That's great. We're going to give him a second cap starting again. Whereas instead, Wayne pivac has gone. Well, in a World Cup, we might see that his best role is off the bench. So we need to see that um so and he loves to give people a go like i i expect that the majority of uncapped players that come into squads pivac uh picks will get a go at some stage oh you
1: you sound very optimistic on pivac i feel like the overall sentiment is uh you know like the jury's still out but it sounds like you've got some good feelings about him
0: yeah yes i know because like i totally understand everyone's concerns because at the end of the day we're not winning as many games as maybe we were at the gatland at mm. the minutes but i think that there is a wider plan um uh whether that
1: wider plan is a good thing time will tell <laughs> i mean the the bigger plan that i see is france right now building up to a you know hosting a home world cup the ages yes. of their players even as perfect that the 9-10 combo they have is probably the best in the world to me, at least right now. Yeah. Uh, I 100%. mean, it looks like they're building a World Cup that's theirs to lose in many ways.
0: Yeah, no, 100% agree. Um, and everyone loves watching France at the minute, don't they? You know, they've got oh, yeah. so like so many exciting and like they can still they still do the French thing of just shuffling players into random positions and stuff, like Mofana playing on the wing this week. Yeah. Like who knew that was an option for them? So, <laughs> yeah, the, the France are still true to themselves and uh utterly crazy whilst still enjoyable in equal parts
1: have you ever seen uh have you ever seen a game in france have you ever you know gone on the road to go watch a match there uh, the, I've never, the, the atmosphere never must been be unbelievable france, you know really? i've never
0: been to france but uh i am going to the world cup next year with oh. my brother so we have tickets to all of wales's pool games and one of the quarterfinals so far well wow. uh, i think we're going to try and get uh, some of the other games but uh, my brother went out so uh, Robbie Squidge uh, went out to Japan in 2019 right. um, I didn't and got yeah. increasingly jealous as the days went on I think that's uh, when he kind of there.
1: he kind of blew up at that stage too I think so, yeah some of the interviews he got there and then I think Rassi actually mentioned him for, he pointed out his video mm. about the the final being particularly insightful and I feel like that was a big turning point for him
0: Yeah, definitely. So at that point he was out there and that was why he employed me to start analysing games because he was on the move all the time. He was going Mm. around Japan, whereas I was just sat in my living room um you know with sky plus on and uh, yeah cycling through the games going oh yeah this guy does a clear out here and sending that to him from the other side of the world so wow. it was quite chaotic um and he still managed to edit all those videos together which is very impressive but yeah so the two of us are going to France I mean it's a much shorter distance to travel yeah uh for us from the UK
1: so uh I'm looking forward to that oh, it should be it should amazing. be amazing yeah wow so I saw a great article this week um, leading up to the, the Wales clash this weekend. Um, there was a great article where Thomas Francis was talking about how he's going to be trying to ignore the quote mind games, unquote, that else Genge likes to bring. Um, are you hoping an actual fight breaks out between these two guys?
0: <laughs> I loved that, uh, that Francis release because Francis is like, he's quite a, a kind of reserved guy from what I can tell. Mm. Like I, I, I had a moment a couple of weeks ago, right? Um, heard an interview with him. and I, I realized, wait, This is the first time I've heard him speak. And I went, no, I haven't. I've met him, Uh, which is interesting. (laughs) I I met him very briefly at the 2015 World Cup after a match. I shook his hand and said, well done. Um, But yeah, and and yet I felt like I hadn't heard him speak before. So I enjoyed him saying that. I think that if he had a fight with Ellis Genge, I think there's only one way it would go. (laughs) I think Genge would probably batter him. (laughs) But uh, Genge would also get sent off in the process. It's true. It's probably worth
1: it. Kind of worth it. It's funny, you mentioned... Meeting him briefly. So, uh, th- this is a week off for all s- schools here in the United States. And uh, mm-hmm. my wife and I both work in schools and our son's in school. So, it's a week off for us. So, on Tuesday, we were like, you know what? Let's just go see if we can find the Free Jacks and f- find their training facility and go meet them. And it worked. We just went f- found where they are, went in there, got to talk to a few of the guys. Um, oh, no way. Who did you meet? I got to meet boden Waka, who was the big one I was really hoping oh, to meet. Oh, no way. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, that's great! And I'm such an idiot. I didn't even take out my phone. I have no pictures. And then, uh, oh man. They they went and had their training session out on the uh, at the stadium, so I was able to go watch some of that too, and took some pictures of that. But I have nothing. I have no photographic evidence that I met. Bodo oh man. I'm so mad at myself.
0: <laughs> but still, it's all up there. It's all in the it's all in the memory.
1: Yeah, it, and it was great. And the, and the you know they are just they're, so good, man. It was super cool, and they, and I had my little son there, and of course there's nothing better than these enormous hulking men being like hey little guy giving him the high flyers and stuff
0: <laughs> that's great that's so good that's good to hear uh it, you know I always imagined that the the free jacks uh, would be a welcoming team like that so fair play
1: there's it's a great attitude they've got this year for sure um, so that article about uh, about Thomas Francis um, so I noticed while I was reading it that Wales have not actually won at Twickenham since the 2015 world cup. And that was when Francis was just arriving on the international stage. And the quote yes. here is, uh, is quote, I've only won there once, which was my fourth cap in the world cup. It says, uh, Francis, that was one of the best days of my career. Hopefully I can emulate it, emulate that again, unquote. So it sounds like you're a Thomas Francis fan. Uh, has he been able to locate the H that he's been missing from his name all these years? <laughs>
0: yeah yeah I think that was um he probably used to add the H and then he realized that he could qualify for Wales if he removed it, um <laughs> and uh, and got picked in 2015. I am a fan of Thomas Francis especially after that Scotland game that was arguably his best performance for Wales um not only did he score the try of the century but he hit everything I think he hit what, like 34 rucks which is an insane amount for a
1: tired prop so uh, when I talked to John Anderson earlier this week, I asked him the question, I almost forgot to ask it of you. Um, if Alan Wynne-Jones was fit, he'd be playing, right? He would have been, he'd be in the squad. Yes. And o- honest answer, would that actually improve Wales' chances of victory? Uh, the, the question John posed to me was, would Alan Wynne-Jones start for any team besides Wales right now?
0: Uh, yes, I think he is still up there in terms of the world's second rows. But the question is whether he can string together a bunch of games and still mm. stay fit rather than getting injured. I think that's become his problem because he's now, at, what, three injuries on the trot or something like that? I think so. Without a good run of games in between. But when he does get that, yeah, yeah, when he does get that run of games, is... Um, and look, that might be me being one-eyed and Welsh, but him and Adam Beer together as a combination is just world-class for me.
1: So I also wanted to ask you about Dan Bigger. I think Dan Bigger has been incredible. And I think his captaincy has been a huge success so far. Where are you on Dan Bigger? It's, it's, you know, give me your rundown on him. I,
0: I like him. I like him. Um, so when Dan Bigger was a kid, I was really like not a fan of his because uh, he was really quite immature back in those days. But he's like he has grown massively. This, as a in terms
1: of his jawing with the referees or...?
0: yeah there was a bit of that there was a bit of that and he was just generally very cocky around the park i think but now he's immeasurably improved as a player and i think he still obviously has a back and forth with referees um there's uh so I've I've told this on multiple podcasts before but the last time Wales played France at Millennium Stadium or the Principality Stadium uh Matthew Carley was the referee and after the game Dan Bigger went up to him and said you know the, the players don't like you because you try and make it all about yourself uh and he said that to the referee and guess who's refereeing Wales against France at the Principality Stadium this year oh my but Matthew gosh. Carley So that's going to be interesting. What
1: was the value of making that comment? You have to wonder. Yeah,
0: yeah, but uh, I enjoyed it uh, in a a very cynical way. But yeah, I um, I I was I was quite surprised to see Dan Bigg named as captain above Ellis Jenkins, but uh, he has clearly made quite a good go of it so far, and clearly somebody's told him that if he's going to do this, he needs to cut out the chat to referees, Uh, and he has clearly done that to an extent.
1: Yeah, yeah. He even I think there was an article with him talking about that very thing. How he's saying, "Okay, I'm gonna to have to keep my tongue in my head, you know, a little bit more." Yeah.
0: yeah, I was dreading him and Johnny Sexton being captains in the same game, but you know, <laughs> maybe uh, they would
1: just cancel each other out. Maybe like they, they would both open their mouths and you would just hear nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like white noise. Like the referee's like a dog that can only hear a certain uh, like frequency.
1: <laughs> so here, here's a random one for you. If you could take one player out of the Wales squad and swap that player for any other player in the world at that same position. What is your move going to be? I guess I would say maybe Josh and I'd switch, switch him out for any player who doesn't need a hospital bracelet sort of permanently tattooed on his wrist. <laughs> but it turns out is unavailable for this weekend, so checkmate, checkmate me.
0: Oh, that's, that's a good question. Um, any player in any position. Um, oh. I I, I just need to think about this because naturally my mind goes to some of the less experienced players like you've got Owen Watkins coming back into the team but he's actually on really good form so there's Will Rollins playing in the second row and I I suppose I would be dumb not even though he's playing quite well as well but I would still be dumb not to switch him out for like Evan Etzebet or somebody like that. (laughs) <laughs> um alternatively you know you could you could swap out alex cuthbert who again is coming back into the team uh even though again he's he's on good form but uh you could you could swap him out for chesling colby or somebody like that i think Ooh. uh that'd be fun
1: what do you think is the weakest position wales have right now you know out of the out of the 15 what what is your biggest fear
0: uh, probably, probably centre because yeah. uh, as much as there are good players there, there's not the depth that we have. We've managed to build in other positions. So obviously, with George North out injured, there's. Uh, Owen Watkins and Nick Tompkins are currently the front two. There's Halaholo and Jonathan Davis, both both playing. Um, John Davis is coming back into a bit of form, which is really good to see because everyone everyone loves him down here in Wales. I, I say here, I'm not here, I'm not in Wales, but uh, <laughs> yes. Um, but beyond that, there's not really many players who have actually been capped. So there's there's a few players who are playing well, like the and Iron Owens and Steph Evan, no, Steph Hughes is um, playing in uh, at the Welsh regions. And Kieran Williams as well but not really like a standout uh, in that position. So that's the one that I would pick out in terms of the least depth that Wales have at the minute.
1: And you've already said you try to sort of dampen your own expectations leading into it, but what is your level of excitement versus your level of fear heading to England this weekend?
0: (laughs) I'd say that my level of fear massively outweighs my level of excitement, but there's always a lot of both when it comes to Wales, England.
1: I feel like the, the first round of the six nations people overreacted saying Wales they're just not that good and then i feel like the the overreaction swung the exact opposite way last week or a couple weeks ago against scotland and i i feel like the the hype train is going full steam ahead and i think it might run smack dab into a wall at Twickenham.
0: (laughs) yeah how about you do you have a preferred team in the six nations it's scotland i always root for scotland that's good that's good i like that scotland are a good team to root for because they play an exciting brand of rugby and they got finn russell so it's great he's so
1: fun to watch yeah but you know what uh the, the top 14 completely unavailable here like i, I follow oh, as it? many leagues as i can but the top 14 is just not on the list you can you can you know hunt on youtube but whenever you know when you do find it half the time the result has the score listed in the title of the video and it's like well now i don't want right. to watch this and yeah it's really frustrating i would love a chance to watch finn on a more of a day-to-day basis but you know yeah i'll take what i can get
0: yeah, of course. That is a shame that you don't get the chance to watch that. I only get to see it in parts, but I think that's the perfect way to consume the top fourteen.
1: Mm. Well, it's it's very nice though. So there's a there's a website called the Rugby Network. Yes. And they yeah um, do the M L R stuff. Yeah, exactly. And they provide all the M L R games for replay and for watching live. And then they've also been adding these. Uh, what is it? The Japan League One. They do like mm. two matches. They just pick two randomly to feature every week. So I've watched a little bit of that, um, but it's kind of hard to follow when you don't know what you're going to be watching and stuff like that. Yeah. It's funny because I, I was I was telling somebody else I was ready to criticize the Japanese league for putting the word league in there, making it look like this is a rugby league competition. Ah, uh, yeah. And then I realized, oh wait, that word is in Major League Rugby as well. <laughs> but. For- <laughs> Fortunately, nobody in this country has ever heard of rugby league. So
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: that's the start.
0: Also, uh, over here, the Japanese league games will kick off at like 5 a.m., mm. so it's it's hard to follow. I've decided that my Japanese team is the Panasonic Wild Knights. Okay. It's definitely not entirely because Happy Park's
1: place for them. <laughs> that is my favorite thing about it. I've, I've only watched like three or four of those matches, but it's constantly like, a, oh, that guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's there. Oh, I didn't know he was there. Oh, he's here. It, it yeah. sounds like it sounds like Faf is going to be uh, joining them pretty soon too.
0: Oh, okay. I actually didn't realize that. So that's that. That's a fun thought.
1: Yeah, lots of headlines yesterday saying, "Oh, he's he's." It's imminent that he'll be signing with one of these Japanese teams. Oh, okay, that's cool. So. I really hope you didn't already encounter this whole thing, because that might make this next bit a little bit of a dud. (laughs) But I I found a little quiz on what passes for the BBC's website here in the US. Would you care to find out if you are a true Wales fan or not? Oh, there's a lot of pressure on that. Go on then. Hit me. Uh, so the the first one is an absolute cream puff i'm surprised they even put this one up there but um, they said they, they said england versus wales is the oldest international rugby fixture true or false i said well that's obviously false because the traffic would have made it impossible for england to actually get to cardiff on time and that would have allowed scott's <laughs> chance to, to claim that record <laughs> yes yeah uh that's that is false <laughs> um by the way um do you know when that first meeting between wales and england took place uh, where and when in fact
0: uh no i'm i'm guessing it was somewhere in the realms of twickenham but i don't know exactly when
1: yeah blackheath in london in 1881 okay um so between these two teams they have played each other 137 times the quiz only wanted to know which team has won the most and i think we both know that one so instead i'm wondering if you have a guess at the the head-to-head total between these two sides oh okay
0: well um i mean i'm i'm guessing england have won more um, not by a lot no okay so how many was it in total did you say 137 is the total 137 so let's say uh oh I need to do maths here england uh but you know what let's say um 137 i'm gonna guess they've drawn four times just mm. just to make my job easier there sure and then i'll say england 70 and then wales however many's left
1: that very very close so uh england have won 65 wales have won 60 and then 12 draws oh okay so that, that's quite a lot of draws it, it, and that record is just overall sort of closer than i had thought it was going to be actually yeah so okay they got a little better after this so wales won the last encounter between these two sides it was 40 to 24 the question is who scored the first try in the six nations match at the principality stadium in 2021 Josh Adams. Ah, this, you got it exactly right. So the, it was the doozy. It was the try that made everyone in England super mad. Yes, the, it was good. The the, the, yep, the, the quick start and the uh, cross field kick. England disputed the try, which was allowed after quickly taking a tap penalty kick for Dan Bigger. That was brilliant. I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> Are people yeah.
0: still sore about that? yeah i think so i think so um despite the fact that in my eyes it was a completely legal try because dan bigger spoke to the referee to ask when the time was going to be back on and he He did did. it uh he gave england time to reset and they didn't so
1: yeah you know it's it's i've talked to other people about this too as as a patriots fan i naturally have to be someone who's like hey if you don't like the rule change the rule (laughs) Because <laughs> our coach does that all the time. He's like, oh, hate the
0: game, not the players.
1: Yeah. It's like, I'm going to point out this obvious flaw in your rule system. And until you fix it, I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So I'm not, I'm honestly not sure if you're going to know this or not, but I feel like the odds are pretty good. Who scored England's mat- match winning try at the Principality in 2017 to secure a successful defense of the Six Nations title? Elliot Daly. Oh, nailed it. The, the the way they put it was a despairing alex cuthbert tackle could not stop yeah. elliot Daly uh, diving over in the left corner for a late sadly
0: try. that's been replaying in my head today with cuthbert named on the wing uh, over zamit and that's the, obviously the thing that comes to mind because people are <laughs> going to blame him for that still even five years later
1: so this one i really liked uh so both of these guys were nominees for world rugby's breakthrough player of the year in 2021 but which of these players has the most caps for their country? England's 23-year-old fly-half Marcus Smith, or the 21-year-old Wales wing Lewis Zammit? Zammit has more caps. He does. He made his debut in uh, February of 2021. Wow, uh, just over a year ago, amazing. But yeah. he's already got 14 caps. And Marcus Smith, uh, he made an uncapped appearance for England in 2019, but he didn't get his mm. actual fir- the first of his seven caps until July of this last year.
0: Yeah, he, he, he took his time. Well, Eddie took his time picking. Eddie took his time, <laughs> for sure.
1: <laughs> so it's not a Welsh rugby quiz without a Warren Gatlin question. Uh, Warren Gatlin's first game in charge of Wales was against England in 2008. Who scored Wales' second try of the match to clinch a win, at the, the their first win at Twickenham in 20 years at that point?
0: That would have been Mike Phillips. I believe the score... The final score in that game was
1: 26-19 to Wales. Oh, my gosh. Trailing 16-6 at the interval, Wales hit back to win 26-19 with tries from first, Lee Byrne, and then decisively, Mike Phillips. Wow. I'm a nerd. (laughs) So this one is possibly from before you were born. Uh, Wales also enjoyed a famous win over England in London nine years earlier when they played a, quote, home, unquote, game at Wembley Stadium. Who scored the last gasp try that gave Wales their 32 to 31 victory, denying England the final five nations title. The, and I, I do have three people listed if you want the, the hits.
0: So that was, that was Scott Gibbs scored the try. Um, I, I believe so. I, that was 1999. So I was two years old at that point. Um, so I was just about born and you, fun you, fact you, were, about you were just starting try.
1: your coaching career at that point.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, fun fact about that try one of the lifters, uh for chris wyatt uh, in that line out uh is from Ustrid Munnock. Uh, ah! so it all comes round. hey mike yes Boyle.
1: indeed uh, the, the answer they they provided they, they gave us the hints of scott gibbs shane howarth and gareth thomas and the answer of course playing at wembley during the construction of millennium stadium scott gibbs sidestepped five england players to go over the line allowing neil jenkins to kick the winning points
0: five is generous for sidestepping but he definitely got through five players <laughs>
1: Okay, very last one, definitely before your time. Wales' last Six Nations win at Twickenham was en route to a Grand Slam 10 years ago. Who scored the only try in that 2012 game? That was and Scott I, I, Williams.
0: Uh, Sorry, I jumped the gun there. No, I was going
1: to say I have suggestions not mastermind. if you need them.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, Scott Williams stripping Courtney Laws. That was a great day. I remember that very, very well. Wow. Um, I enjoyed that
1: well I had a feeling you were going to ace most of that I didn't think you were going to have every single name and the final scores so
0: yeah very, yeah very impressive stuff yeah that one was 19 to 12 to Wales the 2012 one I believe so again correct
1: wow yeah so leading up to this little chat I did get your assurance that you'd be able to help me uh, all in all caps fix Welsh rugby so can <laughs> I can I assume those plans are complete and ready to implement now
0: uh I mean L- look uh i'm i'm uh always always unprepared but um uh, look what do you, what do you want fixing my man
1: so okay from where i sit here in a frozen corner of a nation that has not heard of neither rugby nor wales um i'm holding an obviously expert level opinion here yes um so we've got the four clubs in the URC we've got the osprey's the scarlets the dragons and the cardiff don't call us the blues rugby club yes uh, this year, let's face it, they don't look good. Um, Ospreys are a pretty middling sixth place on the league table. The other three teams occupy the 11th, 13th, and 15th spots out of 16. Oh, is it that bad? And the only team worse than the, worse than the Dragons this season is the winless and hapless Zebre. Yeah. Do, does this season, season seem worse than normal, or is this pretty much par? It's it's really strange, because I didn't realize it was going quite that
0: badly. Yeah. Um, I I'm enjoying the Ospreys currently. um It doesn't necessarily feel like they're far and away the best region as that that claims, but I'm a big fan of Toby Booth. Uh, mm. to, Toby Booth, who is uh, who's the man in charge of the Ospreys, um who, with his with his county accent. I'm a big fan of him, and uh, I think he's doing an exceptional job with them from the place that they were in before. Uh, are they I are really they the club it. you
1: follow, or do you kind of follow so, everybody? Or
0: um, the team I support is a team called Long Eaton Rugby Club. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, <laughs> well, I'm not joking. But only but, the under-14s. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second team. Um, mm. No, and the first team and, and everybody else. But um, I don't have a specific team that I, I follow in the, in the Welsh regions, So okay. I can put all of my allegiance in, A, the national team, and B, the San Diego Legion. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things where I don't have one team that I specifically support, just so long as it eventually leads to the national team being good, which is something that will hopefully one day pay off because it means that if Wales win a World Cup, uh It's like, oh yeah, all of the joy that I would have got from supporting a team can now finally come out of me in one sure. go. But also, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. So I'm just, it's a bad idea. <laughs> have you, by the way, side note: Have you been to San Diego? No, I've I've never been outside of Europe. Oh fact. dang!
1: San Diego is possibly the most beautiful city in this country.
0: Okay, it's Noted. just
1: unbelievable. Yeah, who knows? Maybe one day I'll be hanging out with Martin ono out there. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, Okay, so as an expert, it seems obvious to me that A, there are too many professional clubs in Wales, and B, if you consolidated those four teams into three, all of them would instantly be stronger. It seems equally obvious that all four clubs have long and storied pasts, and having one suddenly disappear would be an immortal wound to approximately 25% of Welsh fans, and no club would ever volunteer to become extinct. So are those things, in fact, Obvious, or are you going to sit here and deny my obvious expertise? (laughs) Well, it's it's obvious. It's obvious expertise. I couldn't possibly deny it. (laughs) So I'm giving you the ultimate power. I'm giving you a magic wand. It's a lovely little scarlet and blue wand with a dragon head on one side and an osprey tail on the other. It allows you to do whatever you want to sort out Welsh rugby. Um, You can use it however you like, and the power it gives you cannot be thwarted by any traditional financial or political means. And the decisions you make will be final and nobody will be able to find out where you live to come throw things at you afterwards. (laughs) Giving this power with all, uh, with no fear of reprisals from multitudes of the faithful Welsh rugby fans out there. Sir, what do you do with this wand?
0: Take away every other team's good players and make them Welsh. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. I think I think that'll do it. Look, there's I, I I you'll be able to probably approve this for me. But like I've heard that there is like an American football World Cup which it's just like oh boy, I wonder who's going to win that
1: well we're, we're the kings of inventing a sport that nobody else plays and then calling the championship the world championship and not inviting anyone. yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and it's like i'm pretty sure that's what
0: the usa will have done in that scenario it's like oh well what you're good you're good at this oh what you're good at this and you're french oh no you can just scratch that you know you, you can just come over and live in boston
1: <laughs> well to be fair we still are the olympic champions in rugby Nobody can take that Uh, That's very true. That's very true.
0: And you probably still will be for a very long
1: time. I think so. (laughs) Don't look at sevens. Don't look at sevens. Quick. Don't look at sevens. Uh, But, uh, you know, I have tried to ask several people about about this. It it does seem like these clubs would all be stronger if if they weren't stretched so thin. But obviously nobody wants to give up their club and the the team they've been Mm. rooting for for all this time. Um, Is it just... Is that a is Welsh rugby hamstrung by the fact that there's four clubs and not enough talent to be spread around?
0: Um, I wouldn't say so because I think that one of those uh, kind of the flip side of that argument is, um, that there's a lot of good players who aren't of the standard to maybe win. The, uh, the the ch- win championships those sorts of players won't get a chance to come through the only three regions so like I, i'm trying to think of examples but like the the jack morgans the tame bash into the world who have come through probably wouldn't have had a chance to do that if for example you've got like let's say ellis jenkins james davis uh ross moriarty all playing at the same club um so it maybe isn't good in the short term for Uh, for the regional level but I think in terms of and again this is probably my um, neutrality coming through when it comes to regions and just focusing purely on the national team but yeah that's the way I see it that it uh, four teams allows more opportunities for for new players to come in and get more of an opportunity.
1: That does make a lot of sense I hadn't thought about that so do you feel like you're just kind of waiting for just a you know random time when the the talent uptick just comes is it just a cycle like we just don't have the players now but maybe a few years from now is is it just a cycle
0: yeah i I guess so it's one of those things that's always quite hard to predict until you start looking at like sometimes you get like a one incredible under 20s team like there was there's one great under 20s team in 2016 and like uh it was great to get really um uh hyped up about all of those players and like a lot of them have gone on to play internationally now so you've got like adam beard was in that team mm. uh jared evans was in that team owen watkin oh, wow. um yeah so quite a lot quite a lot there's there's definitely some of Dylan lewis and leon brown were both in there as well uh and uh, there's still some great regional players in there as well like dan jones and ruben morgan williams uh so there's plenty of players that have come through from that team whereas typically each 120s team will develop a couple of you know one or two internationals at at best and then a few other regional players who do decently but instead but like when you get one freakish team like that it does change kind of the mindset on interesting yeah how good the development pathway is so yeah sadly it doesn't last the way this year but still
1: well do you follow under 20s action like uh, that's something that basically doesn't exist here so
0: yeah i do i do I, i do as much as i can i think um nowhere near as intently as I do obviously senior rugby but sure. uh, I do enjoy watching the 26 nations particularly obviously Wales as games and uh, to be honest uh, a lot with Italy now because Italy have really promising youth system and they're bringing through good and 20s teams and under 18s teams like they beat, beat England in the 26 nations yeah, last uh, week
1: I was just going to ask you about that because it's the first time they've ever beaten England um, obviously the senior team still hasn't but that was a big mm. breakthrough I felt like and every year it seems like it's the the same conversation about should Italy be in the six nations what are we going to do about Italy but this time like that is a specific thing you can point to and say wait a minute these guys are coming soon like definitely do you you feel actual Italian hope right now massively massively because
0: um it's one of the things that everybody's really enjoyed pretending Italy are improving for about 10 years uh because they have been improving but so is everyone else because it's just the nature of the game but this time round, what you need to do is improve more than everybody else. is is the point. And mm. uh, this time round, so I think the statistic is that the four best under uh, under twenty teams Italy have ever produced. Uh, no, sorry, the three best under twenty teams Italy have ever produced have been in the last four years, and they're wow. on track to p- reproduce that this year. um And they're actually beating oppositions under twenties level, and naturally that will filter through enough that you've got let's say seven or eight generations worth of players who. That are used to beating these oppositions eventually it will become a bit more of a habit that they can actually compete in these games mm. so the way i see it is that italy will still get back in the six nations for another two three four years after that i think they'll be a bit more competitive even if they're not winning games
1: oh i would love that that would be great yeah i wonder they're they're Six Nations side this year is is I think the youngest out of all six countries yes. as well um and do you think that's the beginning of them trying to say okay you guys did great for the under 20s and now it's your chance let's get you involved
0: massively I think the average age of their squad's about 23 24 which is super super young and like you look at uh, there's players like Paolo Garbisi I'm a, I'm a massive fan of yeah um really super talented fly off who's I think on the current trajectory of his development, will one day be one of the best tens in the world. I think he's nowhere near there yet, but I think one day he has a potential to be. Michele Lamoureux is already, in my eyes, one of the the rising captains and back row forwards Mm. in the world. I think he's just unbelievable. And even in the games where Italy have been getting hammered, he has been just outstanding. And it only takes, you know, 13 more of those guys before they're coming through, before they're good (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but uh, I I say 13. It's probably significantly less than that, but um to say that they've managed to develop those two guys in the last 2 years, uh, just this under 20s thing started to pull through. You'd imagine there's going to be a lot more of them below. And like, Paolo garbisi has got a younger brother playing scrum half for Benetton right now. Yeah, and he's he's looking good uh, as well. So, garbisi wonder... always
1: looks like he's at just a different level than everybody else on the field with him. He looks yeah. like he's playing varsity and everyone else is kind of playing JV.
0: Yeah, and he's he's a complete control freak as well. I I do love that about him i think it's very important that he's never been intimidated by stepping up to a higher level right even though he came in as a 19 year old kid and he was bossing everyone around i think he's not yet at a stage where again like he's not yet at a world-class stage but i think he's developing very very well and is maturing well and getting used to international
1: rugby which is difficult to do for a 21 year old kid so I've, I've asked other people this too um i is it do you think that Entomac and, and Dupont are the best nine ten combo in rugby right now. Like, I think it's possible to not say that one of them is the best at his position and still say that together they make the best 9-10 combo. Do you think? Do you think that's possible?
0: I, I agree with that. I think the. Um, I personally would say that for me, the best number ten in the world is Finn Russell, but very narrowly behind him is Entomac um could I I mean I I love Ali Price I think he's one of the best scrum halves in the world but can I outright say he's better than Dupont no um yeah. whereas those two as a combination uh I mean they're, they're two great combinations Ali Price Finn Russell and Antimac and Dupont but Antimac and Dupont are our next level you're right those those two have like some kind of weird telepathy
1: yeah um, it seems like the the total is more than the sum of the parts with them when you get them together
0: yeah, yeah, um, definitely. And Dupont is, like, as much as I think there are flaws to Dupont's game that uh, people often overlook, and probably rightly so, But because, like, he's one of the most talented players you'll see in generations. And, you know, in my time watching rugby, I've scarcely seen a player as, as talented as him and as strong as him at Scrum Off. Like,
1: yeah. he is an unbelievable athlete. He was also really good when he was a, a puppet on the Spitting Image show a long time ago.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, found, recently found out about that, which is, um, yeah, was an alarming state of affairs.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Will, this has been so much fun for me. Um, I do want to me do some, some predictions for the weekend and then I can let you get out of here. I really appreciate all the time spent. Um, so, of course, the, the last match of this coming weekend is Ireland hosting a lambs-to-the-slaughter Italy side. Um, I, I was saying to John Anderson, one of the things I like about Ireland is that the, when you see the abbreviation, it's just ire, and I feel like that's how they play. <laughs> like they, sure. just, they get up more, much more angry than anyone else. I feel like Ireland, I think they're hurting from last week. I think they're going to try to send a message. I think they're intent on winning by the widest margin of the tournament. Uh, how do you see that match unfolding?
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Ireland are very good at uh, making good teams look terrible.
1: Mm. Like they tore Japan apart last year, so I could see Ireland bring up 50 points. Um, so the match that already has me crapping my pants is Scotland at home for a potential juggernaut in France. Um, it sounded like you're optimistic. I'm trying to keep mine in check. Um, does Scotland have a shot or should I just start practicing throwing up in my mouth right now?
0: I think Scotland have a very, very good shot. I think they're going to be so up for it. I think, you know, as soon as those lights go out in Murrayfield as the team's running out, I think that people will start to believe. Um, Mm. As much as form doesn't dictate that Scotland, uh, as a form of just round two specifically, doesn't dictate that Scotland will win, I think based on how well they played in Twickenham, I think they're the one team that can bring this French team down, um, which is... a, a. a difficult thing to do because they're an unbelievable opponent so that's going to be super tight i think there's going to be like no space on the field so i'm going to say scotland by one or two points
1: wow uh, uh maybe we can get how to throw a punch again this time and maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah that that'll make a difference
0: uh, it's a shame Jamie Ritchie's not there to, to, to annoy him. Although Howas isn't playing, is he? So no, I don't think he's actually in the squad this time. Rory Dash to square up to Rooney Antonio and uh, see what happens. See, let nature take its course.
1: <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Um, so finally, of course, Wales will be at Twickenham, a notoriously difficult place to find wins. And I, I mentioned earlier, I think the momentum that Wales have gathered last weekend will slam into a pretty big wall on Saturday. I have a hard time seeing welsh the welsh getting a second straight win um are you feeling optimistic where, where, what's your take on this one
0: uh no i'm not feeling optimistic i i know i probably should i'm being very very harsh on wales but i'm going to say england by 10
1: i think that's probably fair i'm i'm rooting for wales for sure it's you know obviously rooting for england is just kind of a disgusting feeling <laughs> i'm glad that that's translated all the way to the states <laughs> well the, you know so I, I i'm friends with a woman who's actually in the usa rugby hall of fame she played in the first two uh, world cups she scored tries and she's got some amazing stories i'm hoping to get her on the pod at one point but she's, she's not really great. interested yet but uh, i'm hoping to it, it maybe entice her somehow but um and i think it was the very first World Cup, it was the night before we were going to be playing England in the final and she told me how they, they just referred to the the English as the crumpets and uh, it was just always crushed those, those crumpets and uh so somebody on our team had been seeing one of the women on the England team and, oh, no way. and the English player sent flowers to the hotel and this nice card being like, Oh honey, you're so great. And, and she was like, Oh, isn't this nice. And every, all the American players were like, no, no, you idiot. She's <laughs> trying so to good. butter you up. You're like, kill her, throw this out. They threw out the flowers and everything. I thought that was great. That's, that's <laughs> incredible. That's incredible. I've never heard that before. That's unbelievable. Well, Will, this has been amazing. I just want to say thanks again for taking time out of your busy schedule to come have a wee gab. Um, d- did you have fun? It was great to have you on the Scrum of the Earth.
0: I've I've loved it. Uh, and I'd love to pick this up again sometime. I've had a great time.
1: Maybe we'll do a little uh, recap after Wales win another Grand Slam that makes everyone go, what? Did they just, <laughs> what? yes so I'll see you again in seven years yes perfect <laughs> I think Gatlin will be the coach again by then yeah I think so I think so either that or one of it, one of his ancestors will be oh yeah well his son is still playing is it for the the Chiefs I think yeah
0: yeah yeah Bryn Gatland. yeah yeah
1: playoffs. yeah so it, who knows it, it, Big the, 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 the facial similarity is eerie if, if yes. you watch Super Rugby it's kind of creepy yeah yeah well Will Owen you are a scholar and a gentleman it was very kind of you to share your insights with us here um before i let you go what do you have to plug what's next for the rugby world cup retrospective podcast and are you writing anything we should be on the lookout for
0: yes so i've, I've done um, a preview for rugby pass about the scotland france game which should be up in the next couple of days but yeah i think that other than obviously the squid rugby thing which most people know about that no you know, a lot of people know about the squid rugby thing so i don't need to plug that mm. um but yeah the, the squid rugby at retrospectives the, the podcast that i do with uh, with robbie Squidge, uh we've got an episode going out um when's this going out uh, the, probably today. Uh, we probably have, today, the... yeah. So Friday, so tomorrow uh, as we record this, as this goes out, um, we have an episode, a very silly and chaotic episode with uh, the brilliant Rhiannon Garth Jones, oh. where we look over France against Romania from 1987, because we're cataloging every game of the 1987 Rugby World Cup uh, in the most bizarre fashion possible. I, I'm, um, which I'm is getting a, a huge
1: fun. kick out of it. I haven't seen any of the, these games, and uh, but somehow listening to the, the retrospective, fantastic so Rhiannon would have been what negative six when that world cup happened <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah I think so and, and we would negative what 10 um so yeah but yeah no um it, it's a lot of fun uh doing that doing those podcasts and um we we try and stay off topic as much as possible
1: so, uh, yes. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it as well thank you for listening that's much appreciated it's a, a ton of fun I love it and I, I will of course link that and everything else I can find in the show notes Kind sir, this has been smashing for me. I hope you'll come back sometime Likewise. soon. Absolutely. I always, one of the things I always like to get is perspectives from all over the world and your voice is one I'm very proud to add here. So it's been fantastic. Thank you. Likewise, I'm very, very glad that you had my company and uh, I've
0: enjoyed this thoroughly. So I'm looking forward to coming back sometime.
1: Sir, thank you for taking your time. I will catch you soon and I can't wait for your latest pod to drop tomorrow. Thank you. See you later. my friends that does it for this very special bonus pod i hope you've enjoyed it as much as i have it's been just such a such a great talk such a fun time so if you'd like to get in touch please do i always love to hear from you get in touch whenever and however you like i'm on twitter at of scrum i'm on instagram at the scrum of the earth podcast and you can always just email me at the scrum of the earth at gmail.com if you could take a minute to leave me a nice review that would also be super smashing i would love that so to everybody thank you for listening all over the world cheers Talk to you soon, and be well.